Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. All right. Last week, we started our series on discovering your spiritual gift and using it. Thank you, Pastor. Romans chapter 12 is where we were. I'm going to briefly go through that since we've covered it, uh, and then we have some new ground to cover today. But in uh, Romans chapter 12, we see verse uh, 3 and following, for I say through the grace given to me. By the way, uh, Edric, would you get some outlines? I want everybody to have an outline. And uh, if you don't have an outline, I want you to slip up your hand and let Edric place one in your hands. You're going to need that as we <coughs> go along today. Verse 3, chapter 12, Romans. For I say through the grace given to me, remember that the gifts of God come from grace. God's grace is His favor, His energy, His ability and that flows out of His love. Get this. God is love. God gives grace. That grace flows out of the love of God. There is grace to get you through anything you have to go through. My grace is sufficient for thee, says the Lord. But grace is also the, the, the force, the force of the Spirit that gives gifts from God. Now we said there's three ways to understand the, the, gifts of the, uh, the gifts of God a little better. Number one are gifts that come from God the Father. That's Romans chapter 12. They are motivation gifts. What does that mean? That means you have a spiritual DNA. <clears throat> when the Spirit of God came to live in you and you were born again, he expresses His love and grace through different ways through His different children. The, the way that grace expresses its gifts through Brother Mike is different than the ways that, that He would do through me. Every one of us, every one of us have a different expression of the grace of God. It is wrong to think that you don't have any gifts from God. That would be that would be an insult based on ignorance. So if you were to say, God, I don't have any gifts, then you would be insulting the Lord based on ignorance because the Word says that all of us have been given at least one spiritual gift. And most of us, including everybody in the sound of my voice, you're going to find that you probably have more than that. That's the reason last week I asked everybody to leave with a spiritual gift survey. Because if you will take this, I know it's 80 questions, but you just assign a number. If you'll take this, you'll find out that you've probably got more spiritual gifts than you thought you did. Right. And um, it is not a, 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 a complete survey. There are things that are left out that I won't leave out. <coughs> but it is something that has actually done uh, Pastor Dina and I some good, and uh, we're not novices. We've seen some surveys before. So you'll be surprised at what the Lord has geared you for 
motivation gifts. That is what is in your spiritual DNA. That means it is just something that you have a desire for and something that you have an ability in. And it needs to be identified by the Spirit of God. Therefore, let's look at verse 6 and following. Having then gifts. Everybody say gifts is plural. Having then gifts differing according to the grace, that is a grace gift. Remember what I told you last week. The word for grace is charis in the Greek. And the, and, and the word for gift is uh, charisma. Many years ago, there was a movement where some people would call, <coughs> people who were expressive in their worship would be called charismatics. Well, I got news for you. If you are born again, you're a charismatic. Because that means that you have a grace gift. You have a gift of grace. This is not some weird branch of Christianity. It is grace gifted and all of his sons and daughters are grace gifted. Amen. Amen. Let us therefore use the gifts that have been given to us. If prophecy, we define prophecy is the ability to hear something that the Lord is saying and the willingness to speak it boldly by his grace, by his power. The, the willingness to hear what God is saying and to give it to the right person at the right time for the right motives. Right person right time, right motives. That is the gift of prophecy. It is hearing from God and releasing it to who the Lord directs, when the Lord directs, and how the Lord directs for the right purpose. Let us prophesy, let us speak that word in proportion to our faith. That is, this gift only can be used in connection with the amount of faith we have that we can hear God and that we're obeying Him as, as we speak what He's given to us. Or, and by the way, don't be so afraid you're going to miss the Lord. Are you seeking the Lord with all your heart? Well, what did Jesus say? <clears throat> if you ask your Father, if you ask for a fish, would He give you a serpent? If you ask for bread, would he give you a stone? Don't be afraid to ask for the gifts of the Spirit of God, afraid that it's going to mess with your comfort zone. Your comfort zone is not what's going to get you into the Lord's presence. You had to get out of your comfort zone to get saved. Amen. To admit your sin and your need for the Lord. Amen. Let us... Prophesy, let us speak what God gives us in proportion to our faith. Or, if we have the gift of ministry, verse 7, <clears throat> we explain to you that the word ministry is the word diakonoi, and it has to do, <clears throat> and it's also translated uh, the work of a deacon, a servant. I don't like to be <clears throat> out front, but I love to serve. And this gift of ministry, service, helps is usually a background gift. It is, you may not be wanting to stand up in front of a crowd, but your gifting enables those of us who do stand up to do what we do. The great, great gifting of 
Pastor Dina allows Pastor Steve to do what he does. And without that gifting that comes from her, I'm not able to do what the Lord has called me to do. So to say that my gift is more important to hers is a lie. It's not true. So don't ever think that the gift that you have is less valuable than the gift that God has given somebody else. He who teaches in teaching, the gift of teaching is the desire and the ability to see and hear and study what God is saying and the ability to communicate it to somebody in a way that they can understand and teach somebody else. If I can't explain it to you in a way that you can understand and teach somebody else, I haven't done a very good job. The most gifted teachers are those who can help you understand what the Word of God is saying and receive it, wear it, and be able to translate it to somebody else. He who exhorts. We looked at the word exhort, exhortation. It means to encourage. Boy, does the world ever need some encouragement. Does the body of Christ ever need some encouragement? Would you pray that the Lord would give you and that you would operate in obedience to the word of exhortation? That you'd become an encourager. He who gives, that is, those who desire and have the ability to give, do it with liberality, without fussing and holding on. He who leads the word leads means to stand up in front. That involves some risk. If you lead, you're going to have some who are going to follow you and some who won't, won't care to. Can I tell you, that's just part of being a leader. Lead with diligence. Keep on being steadfast, as Brother Joe said the other day. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Some of you were showing mercy to Casey and Johnny this morning. It's a powerful thing. It's not something to say, oh, no, I don't know that I can do that. By the way, let me just tell you something. Some of you have allowed, when somebody you know and love is hurting, you have allowed yourself to stay silent because you're afraid you'll say the wrong thing. Quit worrying about saying the wrong thing. When somebody is hurting really bad, they're probably not going to hear very well what you're saying anyway. They just want to know you're there. The best things you can ever do and say is, I love you and I am praying for you. I can't imagine what you're feeling. But I love you and I pray for you. It's called the ministry of presence. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He is, he is present. He's a comforter and an encourager. Now, so those are gifts we talked about last time. They're motivation gifts. That is, you're wired. That there's something in you that you gravitate towards 
one of those gifts that's mentioned. Now, now we want to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where I want you to go. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. By the way, <clears throat> last time we spent some time talking about uh, the gift uh, of prophecy because um, it is popular today um, for that word to, to be talked about and there, there are factions in the church, the worldwide church, that um, glorify prophecy and it is a legitimate gift. In fact, chapter 14 and verse 1 says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. What does that mean? We ought to be praying for all the gifts to be in manifestation in us. Remembering, remembering, look at chapter 12, verse 11. One and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. We should desire spiritually gifts, spiritual gifts, especially that we might be able to hear and receive and speak the Word of God for His glory, not for our own popularity, but for His glory. And you should always ask the Holy Spirit to give you spiritual discernment and don't sit under a so-called prophet who wants to control and manipulate you. That is not operating in the love of God, which is the heart of all the gifts. 1 Corinthians 13. The love of God is greater than any of them and all of them. But um, we talked about last time how that gift of prophecy, the, the ability to hear a word from God and to speak it, is not only a motivation gift, but it's a ministry of the Holy Spirit. And it's actually even an office gift that we won't cover until October. But it is to be discerned. It is to be discerned. And I, I gave you some examples of how I had been approached over the years with words from God from other people, and when they told me what they heard God saying that I ought to do, didn't bear any witness in my spirit. So I didn't receive it. You don't have to receive everything you hear. You ought to test it by the written Word of God, because that's never going to change. And you ought to test it by the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, He lives in you. You don't have to go and, and uh, consult 15 people to see. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. He tells you the truth. So somebody's telling you something that God said you ought to do. Make sure it lines up with the Word of God and the witness of the Spirit. And I would add to that, go to wise believers, mature wise believers whom you trust and say, how does this sound to you? Well, I heard a thing. The, the prophecy, the Lord gives gifts and operates them as He wills, but there are some, of course, who are in the body of Christ who are given a mighty bold word for the body in, at, at large that are legitimate 
gifts. But I put at the end of the outline what I taught you last week about the guardrails on the back of your outline, the guardrails for the prophetic gift. They're not equal to Scripture's authority and direction. They're not to be given in place of the Holy Spirit. I just said to you that. He is the believer's teacher, guide, and source of truth. And then ask yourself this question. Does this message line up with the properly contested, con contexted Scripture? Somebody pulling something out that don't belong there, or does it fit the context that the Word of God spoke it in? Bear witness in my spirit, does it, does it stand the test of time? And does that prophet, who appointed that prophet or prophet? In the body of Christ, people don't self-appoint places of authority. You don't appoint yourself an apostle or a prophet or a pastor or a teacher or an event. You don't appoint yourself. There's a bunch of that going on nowadays. Don't listen to it. My job as your pastor and your shepherd is to help you see some things that you ought to, you ought to stay away from. There are legitimate gifts, but none of the gifts that I've seen in the Word of God were self-appointed. They were all called by God and recognized by a group of, of mature, strong men and women of integrity who had walked with the Lord for a while and understood the voice of God. And there were checks and balances on these, these gifts of authority. They were not self-appointed. So if somebody says, well, I'm listening to so-and-so because they're an apostle or a prophet, ask yourself this question, who appointed them? Who made that appointment? And some of us, some of us, Pastor Jeremiah, Pastor Wayne, y'all, Emmanuel, Y'all understand what I'm saying. Some of us had to go through a council. Some of us had to go through a track record of life. Some of us had to, had to submit to the authority of those who are over us in the Lord who would, could take a look at our life and look at our ministry before we were ever laid hands on and, and proclaimed as ministers in the Word of God. Beware of those. And just because somebody has gone online and ordered an ordination certificate don't mean there's any calling from God. That's an insult to some of the rest of us who paid a price. <laughs> Amen. Real prophets submit to each other. They're accountable and they operate under the order and submission of spiritual guidance and leadership. Now, let's look at some of these gifts of the Spirit. I won't take long. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit doesn't change, and He's not multi-personality. The diversities are in the gifts. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities. There is, that is, those things that are in line with, with the operation of the Lord and His gifts. But it's the same God who works all in all. You know what the Corinthians' problem was? They were assigning, they, they, they were assigning value to certain gifts, and the others they were saying, Oh, you don't have it because you ain't got what I got. That's an insult to the Spirit of God. He's the giver, and He assigns as He wills the gifts of the Spirit. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one, verse 8, now we're going to start looking at some of these gifts of the Holy Spirit. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. And to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another the discerning of spirits, to another different kind of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Everybody say this with me. I don't own the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit does. And He operates them as He wills. Well, I've got the gift of uh, interpretation of tongues. No, you don't have it. You may have operated in it, and the Spirit may allow you to be used, but you don't own it. And I know that the spiritual survey that was put out there by LifeWay does not include certain of these gifts. I'm not really sure why, although I've got an idea. But I will tell you, we don't have any evidence whatsoever in the Word of God that Jesus said, "Ah, you know what, I think I've changed my mind about that gift. I think I'm going to pull the plug on that one. Just telling you. But we'll, we'll talk about what that looks like and what the Scriptures say about it because none of us have the authority to operate outside of what first of what first Corinthians chapter 14 in verse 40 says let all things be done let all things be done decently and in order so if if all these things are trying to go on at the same time, there's no order in that. All right. So let's back up here now and let's tell what is the word? Let's start with the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is the special ability given by the Holy Spirit to receive information from the Spirit of God. Where does the Spirit of God live? In the believer. The special ability to receive information from the Spirit of God, which does not originate from the natural human sources, brain, senses, 
This gift operates for the purposes of God. How many of you know that if you have the, if you operate in the word of knowledge, you have insider information? It's illegal in, in uh, trading bonds, but it is to your advantage in knowing the, the mind of the Spirit of God. You can know the mind of the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 is very clear about that. I which things have not, uh, things which eyes not seen nor ear heard or, or has entered in the heart of God, God is prepared for those who love Him by the Spirit. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what God's thinking. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get confused. My mind gets, has the tendency to get all unraveled because of all this competing information. But the Holy Spirit knows the mind of Christ and He is never confused. I don't know about you, but that is a blessing for me to know that in my confusion I can go to the one who's never confused and ask for clarity. Yes. And one of the gifts of the Spirit is the gift of knowledge. That is, that by the Holy Spirit, God will, will give, uh, in the operation of this, uh, of this gift, He will give an, a, a knowledge of something that is true that is not observed on the outside, nor does it originate from the outside. Did you hear what I just said? It doesn't originate from the senses or the human brain. You do know, don't you, that your spiritual mind and your physical brain are not the same thing. The word of knowledge is that the Holy Spirit has the ability the special ability to hear what the mind of Christ is thinking and disclose it to someone for the purpose of God to minister to somebody else. Sometimes the word of knowledge and a prophetic word operate just like that together. You can't separate them. Your soul and your spirit are distinguishable but they're inseparable. And I'm not going to get off on the weeds, uh, but that's a truth. The word of not the special ability for someone to hear what God is saying, so information that God gives that doesn't come from the natural senses and disclose it for the purpose of God. It's not just to know stuff and to be I admired, well, he knew that from God, and he said that from God. No, it's for the purpose of the building up the ministry of the, to the body of Christ, the edification of the family of God, not to give you attention or accolades. Have you ever just... Boy, you've just been perplexed and you needed to hear something and you, and, and you heard from somebody some information that you didn't give them, but man, it just, it just connected with your spirit immediately. 
Boy, that's the truth. I needed that. The Spirit of God can use the word of knowledge given by the Spirit from the mind of Christ into a believer when that gift is operational to fulfill a purpose from God. All right, now watch this. There's not only the word of knowledge, there is what we just read, the word of wisdom. Did you know that God's wisdom is available to everybody, James 1, 5? If any of you lack wisdom, I don't know about you, but that's one of my favorite verses. Because I'm needing it every day. And if you don't think you need any, you're dead and don't know it. The wisdom of God. If anyone needs, lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without finding and pointing out all your faults. Boy, I love that verse. If you ask for wisdom, I love it. It's right there. Look it up. James 1, 5 through 7. If you ask God for wisdom, you can believe that you will receive it and He won't beat you up and tell you all the stuff you did wrong to give it to you. Boy, what a promise. Amen. But there is a special operation of a gift of wisdom, a word of wisdom. And you know, the word says earnestly desire spiritual gifts. I don't know about you, but boy, this word of wisdom is something I ask for all the time. I highly recommend that you ask for it. So, Pastor, what is the word of wisdom? Okay, if the word of knowledge is insider information, if it is information from the mind of Christ that the Lord uses to to help resolve a situation or help a brother or sister, the word of wisdom is the special ability to see those issues and circumstances from God's perspective and the skill to apply that spirit-given perspective in life situations. What are you trying to say, Pastor? It's not just the information, it's the skill on how to use the information. How many of you know it's a special blessing not just to have the information, but to know how to use it? Right? I mean, you can accumulate all kind of information and you can actually hear from the voice of God some information, but but wisdom tells you how to apply it. Listen, when to apply it, how to apply it, to whom to apply it, and what are my motives for applying it anyway? Word of wisdom. I don't know about you, but I desire to be around people who can hear a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. That ought to be operating in the church body. That ought to be operating in the church body. That ought to be operating in the church body. The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom is the ability The ability, the skill to not only receive information from the Lord, but to apply it in the life situation that I'm in right now. How many of you know life's tough? We desperately need 
the wisdom of God. And we need to be open to, to information that the Spirit of God can give us through other people. Well, Pastor, I don't listen to anybody else. I just, I, I just listen to the Lord only. I don't even know what to say to you about that. You are not the Lord and you are not the source of all truth. Amen. Yeah, but I, I, I've done this and that and people call me. I don't care what they call you. Humbly submit yourself to God and desire the gifts of grace. And operate in obedience and submission with excitement on the gifts that the Lord gives you. I want to thank this church. I want to thank all of you for being willing to sit under the Word of God. This is not some slick presentation. This is just the Word of God, and I thank you for your love for the Lord and His Word and His people. Let's all stand. This is to be continued. We will get into these next gifts. Pastor, what does it mean? What, what does it mean uh, for there to be tongues, spiritual language? What does it mean for there to be interpretation? What does it mean? For there to be gifts of healings. What does it mean? And many people have shut these out because they're scared of the operation. They're scared of the operation. But you know, the Lord's not nervous about the gifts He brings. And they're all to be given in order. Some of these gifts I was scared of for many years, and guess what? The Lord didn't force them on me. <laughs> God's not going to force any of these gifts on you you don't want. Don't worry about that. But the Word says for us, Carl, to desire earnestly spiritual gifts. So I had to start saying, Lord, I hadn't been desiring earnestly some of these things. They freak me out. earnestly spiritual gifts because there's a giver who wouldn't give it to you unless he loved you and wanted the best for you in the body of Christ where you serve thank you for your prayers thank you for all you do for us Our own personal safety, many times I think people have been praying for me. I walked up near our gate on some landing and on the other day. There was the largest rattlesnake I have ever seen in my life. Never seen anything like that. But the Lord gave me the grace to see that 
And he also gave me the opportunity to empty a 38 on him too. Just telling you, your pastor's human. <laughs> I don't know what the moral of that even was. I, you praying for our personal safety is a big deal to us. We pray for you every day every day for the Lord to keep you, your family. We love you dearly. Well, in two weeks, we're going to continue this study. And for those of you who want a little reinforcement, come on Wednesday at 11. We stay an hour. But I want you to know that you're covered in prayer. Your pastors diligently pray for you every day. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your holy and mighty word. Thank you that we can worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you for the power of prayer. Thank you for the incredible authority of your word. May we be people of the word of God. Now bless these, Lord, with greater revelation of your presence, greater intimacy with you, greater resources. Give them the desire of their heart that they're praying for their children right now. Holy Lord, thank you. Somebody is really laboring in prayer for their children today, God. Holy Spirit of God, reveal to them, Lord, that you're at work. Regardless of what they see, regardless of what they hear, that you're at work to bring about your own good pleasure. Encourage them today, God. And Father, I join them in their prayer, and I declare that the evil one will not have them. We demand that the evil one be dismissed from our children and grandchildren. That every assignment of the evil one is broken in the name of Jesus and comes to nothing. That was a word of knowledge. You know something about the Spirit. And you release it. Go with God. He's going with you. We'll see you next time. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.